The Terrible Warriors are heading to Con Bravo in the last weekend of July in Hamilton, Ontario at the Hamilton Convention Center from July 28th to the 30th. Get your tickets now at 2017.conbravo.com and you'll get to listen to the final episode of the campaign you're about to hear live. And today on The Terrible Warriors, we continue Apocalypse World. But it's another episode one, because this time, it's the Edmonton crew with Derek the Bard, as he brings together his Edmontonians to reveal their corner of the apocalypse world. How different is it to Toronto and the denizens of Sanctuary? Tune in to find out, right here. Because our Edmonton crew, they're also terrible warriors. Hey there, terrible listeners. This is Derek the Bard from the Edmonton crew. And welcome to our Season 5 finale, when we are doing Apocalypse World. Hooray! And of course, this four-week campaign is running in tandem with our friends over in the Toronto crew. And it's going to culminate in a fifth and final episode at Con Bravo 2017 in Hamilton, Ontario. Con Bravo running from... Derek forgot to look, write the dates down immediately. July 28th to 30th at the Hamilton Convention Center. Check them out at 2017.conbravo.com. We're not sure exactly what the time of our panel is going to be, or the date, but I got an email a couple days before we started recording this that we are in fact confirmed for it. So it's happening! Hooray! <coughs> Coughing in the background and ruining my little dramatic monologue as I speak to you across the ether waves on this radiophonic, telephonic, something or other microphone. Please, guys, stop me. I'm out of control at this point. The Red Bull's taken over the mind. I am joined with... Will Mitchell. West on the 404s. Shane Fitzgerald. And if Cam wasn't working today, we'd have fully gotten the band back together. Yes. Uh, yeah. How dare people having things like employment and commitments. Gross. <laughs> Other people be mature adults. We have games to play, damn it. Damn it! Children's card games on motorcycles? We need to... Card games on motorcycles! (coughs) Now then, we are playing Apocalypse World. And Apocalypse World is a Powered by the Apocalypse game. In fact, it is THE Powered by the Apocalypse game. And I'm not gonna lie, folks, I'm a little nervous here because I've never run one of these before. And the other game running with this at the moment is being run by Justin, who's run five or six Apocalypse World games before. So, apologies in advance. Remember your GM principles and you will survive. It's not like we're going to turn this into some giant clusterfuck or anything like that. Like, that's never happened with No, yeah. There's never. Definitely. We're Just gonna... remember, this whole thing is culminating in Con Bravo with several veteran players, so... No pressure. Yeah, well, that's true. Now, I I do have a little something on the table. We're not using the bowl today, because the bowl is a is something made before the apocalypse. Instead, we're using a Vault Tech lunchbox. Nice. And of course, bottle caps. And of course, bottle caps. But also the Borderlands dice, which I, I realized something in the past in all of our games the dice keep falling off the table because we are clumsy weirdos. That's pretty accurate. Yeah. I did have a brand new set of metal dice done in dwarven design 
that probably would have destroyed this poor box. Yeah, this, this box is not built to withstand the apocalypse, but we're not reviewing that. We are talking about the apocalypse. So we have playbooks in this game. I'm not going to have my players read them all off because you got to hear them on Tuesday. Justin's doing part of my job for me. Thank you, Justin. However, because of that, I've actually asked my players to pick their characters beforehand, or at least pick their playbooks, and we're going to develop the characters from there. So, Will, why don't you just read the little description of the playbook that you're going with? All right. We're just going to go around the table with just the three that we're running with today. <clears throat> I will be playing the Brainer. Brainers are the weird, psycho-psychic mindfucks of Apocalypse World. They have brain control, puppet strings, creepy hearts, dead souls, and eyes like broken things. They stand in your peripheral vision and whisper into your head, staring. They clamp lenses over your eyes and read your secrets. They're just the sort of tasteful accoutrement that no well-appointed hardhold can do without. <laughs> alright, alright. So, I'm gonna be the driver... Uh, that's because Wes loves car movies like you wouldn't believe. Came the apocalypse, and the infrastructure of the golden age tore apart. Roads heaved and split. Lines of, of life and communication shattered. Cities cut off from one another, raged like smashed anthills, then burned and fell. A few living still remember it. Every horizon scorching hot. With civilization in flames. That's really metal. <laughs> Light to put out the stars and moon, and smoke to put out the sun. In Apocalypse World, the horizons are dark and no roads to go to them. Drivers have cars, apparently. Yeah, if you can't park. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's, that's really helpful. Drivers have cars. Yes. This is what we have learned. Okay, so I'll be playing uh, the class that Derek was... Very enthusiastic in recommending to me. Just Somebody's got to play this class in every <laughs> Apocalypse World game. And I'm actually just... Uh, I, I got to listen to the Tuesday stuff ahead of time. And this is the class that Cassie almost went with. Okay. And when you get to hear... You guys... Everyone on Tuesday, when you're listening to this, has already heard this. But everyone at this table, except for me, hasn't. And you haven't heard Cassie doing her badass voice yet. <laughs> oh. I'm okay. But we digress. Uh, my character is the Battle Babe. I don't know. No, I don't know why I'm laughing at you this shit. Stop laughing at No, no. I think thing. this may actually be the first time in Terrible Warriors, though, where a male player has played a female character. And we should note no, that the class does not require you to be a female. No, person, the class does the not require you. The diff. Uh, well, read that out, and I'll explain the difference between the Battle Babe and the, uh, the Gun Lugger, which you guys will be hearing Tom play on Tuesdays. Right. Even in a place as dangerous as Apocalypse World, Battle Babes are, well, they're the ones you should walk away from, eyes down, but you can't. They're the ones like the seductive blue crackling light, you know? You mistake looking at them for falling in love, and you get too close. It's a zillion volts, and your wings burn off like paper! <laughs> so... The, the difference between the battle babe... In other words, it's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel sexy. <laughs> <laughs> the battle babe is a character I imagine being scored to uh, Cherry Bomb. Yeah, that's... Basically, as soon as you introduced the character to me, the immediate vibe I got was Furiosa meets Harley Quinn. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's, pretty accurate. it's, it's yeah. very accurate. It's uh, it's your tank girl. Though Tank Girl is also kind of verges on the driver as well. Yeah, a little bit. So apologies to Tara Strong in advance, because I'm going to attempt the Holly Quinn voice, but I'm not a voice actor. Well, okay, I'm not doing that then. Screw it. Screw no, no, no. You, Everybody you, you, just went you, you, dead you, silent. You, I'm not doing this. No, man. Go for it. <laughs> I am 100% in. We're sorry, Mr. Killer Watt. You can use whatever voice you want. <laughs> Please don't punch our spines out through our backs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so obviously the first thing we want to go around with is your name and your look. And if you look at the second page of your sheet, uh, creating your character, you have uh, some name ideas and some look ideas. And what I'd like you all to do is, as we're going to go around, you're going to circle a look. Uh, your name, you can take something from that list. You can make one up. Definitely make one up. The one thing I do want to encourage you guys to do is don't don't think about real names or birth names. This is after the apocalypse. Oh, I think agree. of just the nickname because that's all that you're going to be called. Oh, dude, I'm way ahead of you. Me too. Okay. I hit a pothole today, and the first thing that came to mind was going to be my name. Under that, you'll see stats. You have four different stat options for how you're going to arrange. And once you've got that, we're just going to go around the table, and you're going to start introducing yourselves. And at that point, I also encourage you to pick up your moves. Um, you'll see that uh, under your creation, you get a certain number. Yes. Because um, I don't think any of you picked playbooks where all of your moves are set. No. So let's start with you then, Will. Um, I will be playing the Unvincible Grunkus. The, the what? The Unvincible Grunkus. I'm just calling you Grunkus. No, it's very important you understand that this is a man who has never been vunced. <laughs> he will make sure you know that. Okay, so apparently, right off the bat, we're going for a more comedy vibe. Oh no, the, the Unvincible Grunkus is dead fucking serious. The Unvincible Grunkus is like being trapped in the back of a bus with, like, a legitimate schizophrenic. He's uncomfortable um, and possibly dangerous. Okay, so that's your name. What are you going to describe for your look there? Um, he's a man uh, in terms of look. Um, and he mostly wears scars, some self-inflicted, some, some possibly put upon him. Um, and rags. Um, his face is naturally quite scarred up. Um, but his eyes are, are wild and excited and always moving. Um, he's all, like, like joints. He's, he's like a spider monkey. He's very emaciated and, like, lots of lank on him. Um, if he were to ever stand up straight, he'd probably be reasonably tall, but he never does. He's always low and sort of slinging around fairly low to the ground. Okay. Um, there's sort of a feral character to uh, his movement and his body to look at him. Um, yeah, so I'm imagining, like, yeah, various colored dirt rags, um, a few tufts of hair that maybe is normally, like, brown, but he spends so much time in the sun, it's sort of bleached itself blonde. Okay. Uh, and then a patchwork of scars and rags. Okay. And hey. you know what? Just for the fuck of it, he also has, he has, like, one, he has, like, a, like a bag that's just covered in shiny shit. 
What, just like mirror shards? or Like shards of mirrors, sequins, bottle caps, uh, things that he could polish up. He just has a bag of shiny bullshit. Dear God, you're playing the Hobomancer this time. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, no. Maybe. We'll see what happens. All right, then. Wes. <laughs> so... Don't feel that you have to one-up him on this no, one. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, because we, we get a one-up in competition. It's not a good thing for the show. Uh... My character's name is John K. Aries. Ooh. And their name will make itself apparent for why I picked that name. And is that like a full name that you go by, or do you just have like a nickname? Or He goes by Aries. Okay. All right, then. Tell me about Aries. He is a man wearing vintage wear, like vintage 50s greaser kind of like ja uh, jacket and jeans, right? He's got a handsome face. Cold eyes and a strong body, probably shaved bald head, you know. And Jason Stratham, basically. <laughs> oh my god, we are just recreating the Suicide Squad at this point. Uh, <laughs> but Jason Stratham. We literally car. just switched all the characters, one person to the left. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Shane, that means you're Ian Flux now. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Okay. And then Shane. Uh, I've decided to name my guy. Yes, I'm going with a guy on this one. Okay. Uh, Dapper Joe. Dapper Joe. Yeah. I predict he's going to be Dapper. <laughs> Tell me about Dapper Joe. Okay, well, Dapper Joe got his nickname because he inexplicably manages in the apocalypse to be dressed to the height of fashion. <laughs> Basically... He's always managing to find some kind of tuxedo or nice suit or, like, silk pajamas or something like that. Oh, my God. You're Benny from New Vegas. Yes! Exactly. That's exactly what I'm Ring a ding for. ding. <laughs> I'm going to use that. <laughs> okay. So, how does that work? Uh, continue telling me about yourself. So, you got, like, nice hair and everything. <coughs> oh, yeah. He's, bas he's basically the best dressed guy in the apocalypse is is what I'm going for here. He's like he's charismatic and you definitely don't want to mess with him because he's usually if I'm reading the rules correctly, he's usually rolling around in some kind of tank. No, you well you're not the driver. The driver okay. probably has a tank. This is something we discussed. <coughs> Maybe our driver. This is something we discussed you. before and it kinda of confused me, but yeah, so we Yeah, no, because that that, that was um <clears throat> Wow. Ooh, throat. He's going around. I was I offered you a couple different playbook options and I didn't clarify them properly. Right. Okay then. So we've got uh, the Unvincible Grunkus, Ares, and Dapper Joe. Um. So then let's go next to. I'm gonna pause for a moment when I work out your stuff, and th at that point you can just throw your stats together. But let's talk about your moves. Um. God, these are also tempting. This is the hardest part of Apocalypse Engine games, is that <coughs> if the if the playbooks are written well, all the fucking moves are so cool. I know, right? It's so hard to choose. But I think that the Unvincible Grunkus has direct brain whisper projection. What does that do? Uh, it allows him to roll plus weird to get the effects of going aggro without going aggro. Uh, the victim has to be able to see him, uh, but you don't have to interact. And if the victim forces my hand, my mind counts as a weapon. Okay, so you're... 
I'm getting a really Scanners vibe off of you. He's got a big Scanners vibe, which is why I'm having a hard time choosing my second one for sure. Part of me screams Deep Brain Scan, because I really like that. But it doesn't, by the book, say that it's excruciating, which I kind of want it to be. Um, I mean, we can say it's excruciating. That's true. Lore first, right? Like, fiction yeah. first. If we want it to be excruciating, we Apocalypse World games are always going to be lore and fiction first. So if you find something in one of your moves that you want to add a little bit of character to, well, I'm happy to go with that. The system, for all that Apocalypse World is the system heaviest of all of the Powered by the Apocalypse games... At the same time, <clears throat> the system itself is very vague in how it relates to the world itself. Yeah, and that's on purpose, and it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I also really like in-brain puppet strings, because mind control, yo. Um, well, it depends. Are you a mind reader, or are you more like a taker? <laughs> we, don't <laughs> we don't buy the mind, we don't bore the mind, we don't steal the mind, we take the mind, and that makes us takers. <laughs> um, well, I mean, it, the question is, do you want to be a full-on telepath, or do you want to be more like a scanner's direct nerve control kind of thing? Well, I mean, both way, you can, you can play that both ways, because both deep brain scan and in-brain puppet strings require physical touch. It's true. Um, which is rad. Um, oh, mm, uh, I've, put, I've, I've put the check mark on deep brain scan, and I shall keep it there. The Unvincible Grunkus gets a freaky read on people. Which then informs the stat choices I'm going to make. Okay, if you want to work on that. Wes? Um, I've already selected mine because these are pretty straight. Let me guess, you want a tank. Yeah, my other car's a yeah. tank. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Combat Driver. What does that do? Um, when you use your vehicle as a weapon, inflict plus one harm. When you inflict V harm, add plus one to your target roll. When you suffer V harm, take minus one to your roll. Okay. <clears throat> so, you're saying my other car is a tank. Yes. Let's let's talk this out a little bit. Um, we're not going to add stats to it right now. Sure. But let's talk out, <clears throat> what the heck are you driving? Okay, well, so I just want to be clear. So my other car is a tank. That means I have basically two vehicles, right? Yes. Okay, so first I want to establish just for context purposes what his main car is and why his name's important. This does also suggest that you have some kind of base or garage somewhere. Or like a cave or something Yeah. Like that. that so you have the Aries cave, pretty close. Well, okay. So like the the reason I called him Aries K Air John K Aries specifically K Aries is because his primary car is a Dodge Aries K car, <laughs> <laughs> which if anybody who knows what it is, for car buff guys, it was a uh, early to mid eighties subcompacted Dodge that basically saved the company. It is awful and it's ugly it was called a refrigerator on four wheels but those cars never died they would drive forever bombs would fall out of the car they just kept going right uh so by that same logic because the wait 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 a minute so if we if we go with the kind of mad max logic that after the apocalypse the only vehicles that survive are muscle cars and this thing yes and I, I, I was almost tempted to take reputation because it's like, it's last of the Dodge Aries Interceptors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's just this, like, no, we're, we're still going with that, that there's legendary around that car. Yeah, yeah, because actually, you know, and another fun fact, there was actually police packages for these cars because they were using them in the 80s because the gas prices were so bad. Anyways, 
The what? Didn't a bunch of the didn't a bunch of K cars end up in uh, Superman three? Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, God, they're hideous. Um, but here's the thing: the reason that they made the Dodge Jerry's K car is they were the base platform for all of other Dodge's lines. So Dodge Daytona, the sports car, it's still a K car underneath it. Well, yeah, wasn't the, wasn't the base K car from Reliant, which is like a Dodge subsidiary? Yeah. Well, yeah. the Reliant was all was a, a Mary's K car. Yeah. Uh, but specifically, the my other car, the tank, is a tanked out minivan. Which uses all the same parts as nice. the Dodge Harry's K car. Nice. So like like an early early like caravan that's yes. been like armor plated. Yes. Oh fuck that's sweet. <laughs> um, oh oh Crocus. Oh, 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 <laughs> um, could you have a um, like the skeleton of like a like nuclear like vaporized T two style like soccer mom in it somewhere? <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> no. Yeah. Actually, my question is here then. Do you just have the A team van at this point? Yes, but it's a it's an old Plymouth caravan. Yeah. Um, fun fact for those of you who are not car bus at home, um, Carroll Shelby made with the Daytona, Carroll Shelby, yes, the same Carroll Shelby who made the Shelby Mustangs, also did a number of treatments on Daytonas, which is basically the sports car of this car. Which, so I imagine this thing has a giant turbocharger sticking out of the hood, and they, they actually can go quite quick for being like, you know, a pig. <laughs> a little, little terribly uh, built cars. I don't my friend had one in high school, that's why I kind of like, evoked this. Mm. But yes, for those listening at home... Okay, so so what is this? Is this like a minivan with like old like plates and steel and stuff that you've welded onto the outside? Yeah, uh, so. that's what I kind of imagine. Like, oh man, if you guys ever seen um, Death Race, the new Death Race with Jason Stratham in it, where when they roll out the, um, the giant rig and it has like the spinning metal uh, spikes sticking out, the wheels and all that crazy crap, that's what it looks like. Okay. Now the other thing that I was that I should have mentioned is that your characters are all unique. Yes. If you pick a playbook, you're the only person out there with that playbook. Slight tweak on that. The brainer does specifically have moves that protect you, or has gear well, that protects you from other brainers. There are other psychics out there, but, but you're the brainer. But you are the brainer. So you I are the, the driver. driver. Yeah. yeah. Which means that you are all exceptional. Yeah. Is that you all stand out? Yeah. So, there are other people who drive cars out there, but nobody drives quite like you. Yes. Uh, there are other psychics out there, but, but nobody. nobody's brain is quite as dangerous as the unfunctionable Grunkasas. Yep. Except for this one chick named Pity, way off to the east, <laughs> who may or may not know that you exist, and you may or may not know that she exists, and it's entirely possible that you have weirdo chrysalids conversations out in the wasteland. 100%. Um, and there, there's no babe that's quite as battleicious as you. I don't even know how to phrase oh that. They God. made up a word. <laughs> Battle babe is not two words in this. It is one single word. Yep. Shane, tell us about uh, Dapper Joe's moves. Okay. Well, one move I'm thinking right off the top of the bat, right off the bat, uh, since we... As we established his fashion sense is impossible reflexes. Uh, the way you move unencumbered counts as armor. If you're naked or nearly naked, two armor. If you're wearing non-armor fashion, one armor. Uh, if you're wearing armor, use it instead. Yeah. Well, here's the thing with armor is that if you have level one armor, is basically clothing. It's clothing with maybe a bit of reinforcement to it, but it's vault suit basically kind of thing. Uh, level two armor is obvious armor it's you've actually got like chain mail yeah and 
bits of like plastic of plastic or steel plating. Uh, if you want to just have a character who specifically doesn't wear armor, that's doable for you. Though the move itself was more made so that essentially you can have your classic like battle babe running around in the bikini with the katana <laughs> and the uh, and the AK forty seven. Now, I mean, well, that's not the way we're going. Obviously, I don't know, man. If you want to have Dapper Joe run around in a pair of swim trunks and nothing else, doing like Armstrong flexes on the battlefield. Totally an option. I can't help but pause at how well you're describing this, as if you've thought of it for a while. I've watched a lot of Full Metal Alchemist, okay? <laughs> you can't watch Full Metal Alchemist without having to watch Armstrong repeatedly flex for no reason. I'm not gonna lie. All I see when I close my eyes is Armstrong flexing in those lovely pink sparkles. And the mustache. Well, it goes without saying. The mustache grooming technique that's been part of the Armstrong family for generations. <laughs> <laughs> but with that so, <clears throat> with yeah. that said it does also um, alternatively if you want to have a character specifically doesn't wear any kind of armor and that you're more like a dex based fighter that's an option for you mm, yeah I think I'll go with that okay that's what's that one called impossible reflexes okay and kind of torn on the other ones I might want like Merciless is pretty straightforward. When you inflict harm, inflict, inflict plus one harm. That's not bad. You're a deadly motherfucker. Pretty much. Uh, the two that, the two that I'm kind of torn on are the longest are the longest described one. One is dangerous and sexy. When you enter into a charge situation, roll plus hot. On a ten plus, hold two. On a seven to nine, hold one. Spend your hold one for one to make eye contact with an NPC present who freezes or flinches and can't take action until you break it off. On a miss, your enemies identify you immediately as their foremost threat. Yeah, and I mean, that's uh, that can be because of a lot of different factors. You Part of it is that you turn them on, but part of them is just you. It's your simple power of personal presence. Yeah, you just have charisma. Yeah. yeah. Right, like... Like, you could play this, like, entirely, like, sex-driven charisma, but it can also just be, like, you are just a captivating person, Yeah. Right? Like, uh, watch Bruce Lee move through a room. You can't take your eyes off him because he's a panther in human shape, and, like, holy fuck, he's dangerous. It's it's captivating, right? Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, this could also apply to, um... Hell, this could easily apply to characters in Westerns. Oh, yeah. Uh, who just Man have that... black? Like, yeah, who just have that physical presence. It's not... It's not about be necessarily sexual attraction as it is that pure level of uh, presence. Yeah. It's, it's raw animal magnetism, not necessarily rutting egg animal Exactly. Yeah. Fun fact, Ed Harris has that naturally. Yeah. But this is where the battle, uh, this is where the battle babe and the, dunk, and the gun lugger mechanically differ, is the gun lugger is all about direct violence, whereas the battle babe is all about these slight social tweaks to the violence, um, that they kill people. But they look good doing it. Right. And that looking good is a major part of their character. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the difference between, like, John Wick and most other assassin movies. John Wick is direct violence. Right? <laughs> John Wick is a 100 fucking percent gun lugger. Oh, yeah, he yeah. gets the shit beat out of him. It doesn't look good. Some, some of the stuff he lo- does in Hollywood standards looks goofy as fuck, but it's effective. Well, yeah, because he's doing actual, actual like, gunfighting. Yeah. yeah, if you watch Keanu Reeves' video, uh, training videos oh, for so it, good. it's yeah. you legitimately know that if you're that if you have to pick one celebrity in Hollywood 
to get your to rescue you from kidnappers, you want to pick Keanu Reeves. Oh hell yes! So yeah. The, the, the move in John Wick two that blew my mind is where the the flick to get get the magazine out and then to reload. Oh, Every yeah. time I see that, I'm like, that is so slick. Yeah. <laughs> and we finally see what people mean when they when they talk about him killing people with a pencil. And oh yeah. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Anyway. Watch that movie. Uh, yeah. Anywho, the other one that I'm looking at is Visions of Death. This one is meta as all hell. Uh, when you go into battle, roll plus weird. On a 10 plus, name one person who will die and one who will live. On a 7 and 9, name one person who will die or one person who will live. Mm. Don't name a player's character. Name NPCs only. The MC will make your vision come true, even if it's remotely possible. Uh, on a miss, you foresee your own death and accordingly take minus one throughout the battle. Oh, rad. Yeah. That's a bit of a gamble on that one. Oh, and so that uh, that also makes your character a little bit psychic. Now, you're not sure. Are you the one predicting their deaths? Are you... Because uh, that that takes the battle babe into the realm of almost being a Valkyrie, where you are pointing out people before the battle who are going to live and who are going to die. Actually, no, not a Valkyrie. That's uh, your... Uh, crap, it's actually one of Odin's names. Um, oh, uh... uh, I, uh is it... Um, Oh, is it? Uh, ah, crap! I can't remember it offhand. But one of Odin's names is essentially is not like the he is the chooser of the slain. Yeah. Okay. The gallows god. Yeah. Oh. So the the question becomes: What kind of character do you want to play? You're already playing this guy who is stupid fast enough that wearing a suit, he is able to get out of the way of bullets. Yeah. Um. But you want to play a you guy. You know what? Who... Just because it's you and in Con Bravo it's going to be Justin, I know you guys are going to try and make it as funny and interesting as possible. I'm going with Visions of Death. Okay. Yeah. You have chosen wisely. <laughs> yeah. Now keep in mind, we're not the ones. Cho- the MC is not the person choosing for you who you lives and who choose. dies. No. You choose. No, no. I choose who dies. The MC makes it happen yes. if it's even remotely possible. Yes. Yeah. So like so I Oh, just you just want to you just want to choose the situation. You just okay, you just want to force me to do stuff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make me do stuff. <laughs> okay. Uh what is next? I've been writing on the back of my example sheet as I've been reading the It also uh, helps that both you and stats. It also helps that both you and Justin have felt my wrath. Huh. Uh yeah, let's go with your uh, okay, let's go with your stats just around the table. Uh, Will. The Invincible Grunkus is reasonably then, cool. Then you can just uh, write it down on the front of the sheet there. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's reasonably cool. He's not particularly hard on account of being a, a feral weirdo. Um, he's certainly not that hot, but he's extremely sharp and more than a little weird. Okay, uh, Wes. Um, I have chosen the third option. So the, uh, he's cool, uh, hard. It's actually not that hot. I'm uh, not. Um, out of, I'm not. Not that sharp and kind of. Yeah. Now, talking about the stats for a moment, just um, mm-hmm. to remind you guys what they do. Um, cool is all about your ability to stay cool under fire. Mm-hmm. Um, your ability to concentrate. Your ability to just kind of stay with it. Uh, sometimes it's also finesse. Too. And your fin- and sometimes it's finesse. Depending on the situation. Um, but a lot of these, you can. Uh, you could also do sharp for finesse as well, because the. 
Sharp is more going to be your awareness, your precision. For sure, but I mean, doing something under fire a lot of the time yeah. is like literally done. Yeah, uh, the, the attribute used is going to be more situational than it is yeah. j j just like the product of the attribute. Uh, your heart is your ability for violence, your ability to be hard, your ability to be tough. Okay. Uh, hot is obviously your attractiveness, your ability to manipulate. Mm -hmm. It's not just your appearance, but your charisma as well. Sure. Uh, your sharp is, as I mentioned, and your weird is your ability to inter interface with a psychic maelstrom to pick up information from the ether. Okay. And any of you, not just the brainer, uh, can attempt to interface with the psychic maelstrom. And if you actually just pass me the basic move sheet there, uh, Will. Yes. It is referred to as Open Your Brain to the World Psychic Maelstrom. Uh, on a hit... I tell you something new and interesting about the current situation and might ask you a question. Um, uh, tells you something, and I might ask you a couple questions. On a 10, I give you good detail. On a 7 to 9, I get you get an impression. On a miss, be prepared for the worst. Mm. All right, then. And Shane. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm just going to read off the numbers. Uh, I went with the third set, which is cool plus three. Hard minus two. Ooh, so you're actually not the greatest at violence then. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. Uh, hot plus one, sharp plus one, and weird plus one. Interesting. So what? That set was the only one that had like weird as a plus. So. Do you want weird as a? Pl oh yeah, because you you. For visions of death, I need I need roll plus. Although one. I need weird. So. It might also be fun to point out that the basic like rolling convention in this. Failure is the most interesting option. Yeah, it's yeah. failure isn't just something doesn't happen. It's complications occur. Yeah. So what I'm almost getting is that Dapper Joe doesn't always necessarily kill people himself. Is that the world around him just murders the shit out of people? Oh, cool. So you're a very dangerous man to be around. Yes, that's precisely what I was going for, actually. Okay. That's nifty. Because we've got we've got the gun luggers, so we've pretty much got like violence, violence, stab, stab, shoot, shoot, kill covered. Yeah. Let's make it interesting with this one. You've got this really good looking man in a just improbably nice like impractically impossibly nice suit. Sure he pulls out a gun and he shoots at some people, but the gun's not what kills people. It just occurred to me that if I wanted to I could actually say that he looks like the tenth doctor. That is a thing one could say. Yep. Nah. nah. Wibbly wobbly. Why me? <laughs> All right, then let's go. Let's look. Let's look at your gear. Moving on. Oh look, it's not a screwdriver. Um. <laughs> it's not on there. <laughs> I hate you so much right now. <laughs> Dude, wait till we're in front of a live audience. Frankly, if it. If that show doesn't end with you being the crap out of me and Connell being the crap out of Tom, we haven't done our job. Will? Uh, okay, so the Invincible Grunkus has the following gear. Um, I mentioned before that he has uh, a bag of shiny stuff, uh, which to the Invincible Grunkus is his shiny bag of hate. Um, <laughs> what does that do? The shiny bag of hate counts as ottomans worth eight barter. And if you're cool with it, I would also like it to account as uh, one of my Brainer Gear specific uh, goods, uh, which is, according to the book, 
the violation glove. Oh, yep, yep. Retook um, that too. Yes. Everybody takes the violation glove. Why would you not take an item called the violation glove? It's just okay. it's dripping with drama. Um, and so yeah, the shiny bag of hate is reversible. The inside is where all the hooks and knives and random blinking things are uh, that he uses with his abilities. Uh, he has fashion suitable to his look, which uh, to well, Grumpicus... What, what does the violation glove actually say? Oh, I should give you that, yeah. It is hand and it's high tech um, in terms of its range and its tags. Uh, for the purposes of brainer moves, mere skin contact counts as time and intimacy. Well, here's my question then. Is it full of hooks or is it all your shiny stuff? It's actually some old world tech object that oh, you picked up yeah. where it's like the shiny stuff is actually like connective filaments. So it's transmitting your um, like your neuroelectric impulses better. I'm going to go with why not both. Why not both? Why not Zoidberg? Yeah, I think I think it does have both, and like a lot of the like random crap he's attached to it is him trying to maintain it and listen to it. Um, and so yes, uh, that is the shiny bag of hate. Yep. Uh, his fashion is rags of a more vulnerable time. Um, one of his other pieces of brainer gear. So what like, are these rags like, though? I got well, okay. as the the MC you guide want- says that I have to. Every time you give me a trade, I have to dig the fuck into it. Please dig the fuck into it, because I am more than happy to go down this dirty rabbit hole. Um, the rags of a more vulnerable time um, kind of look like a cross between like a prison jumpsuit, maybe, at one point, or like maybe a cosmonaut outfit. It's hard to say, because they're fucking wrecked. Um, you can tell that like most of it he keeps sort of wrapped up around his waist, and there's obviously a few like limbs or sleeves hanging off of it um, in tatters. Um, and you get the impression that, that sometimes he does actually fully put it on and embody it, but not all the time. Most of the time it just hangs around him, and he sort of like has it like bound and cinched up around his waist. So you have like a creepy-ass rag suit? He has a creepy-ass rag suit, but most of the time he's like stripped to the waist... I mean, his calves are never covered. He doesn't wear fucking shoes. Because um, he has to feel Mother Earth. Um, you really are playing the Ogomancer. Yeah, a little bit. Um, we literally have just gone slightly around the table to the left by one person. It just means that we choose delicious tropes and pass them around. If Cam was here, he'd basically be playing Max Brand as the Skinner. That could be cool. Um... Another piece of uh, brainer gear that the Invincible Grunkus gets are uh, deer, deep earplugs. Uh, they are worn and high-tech, and they protect the wearer from all brainer moves and gear. Um, the Invincible Grunkus' deep earplugs are calipers that love like mother. Um, he has a pair of like steel calipers that he kind of wears like headphones, but like they don't go like over here. They go fucking in his ears. Um, and, like, he wears them kind of, like, like jogging, uh, like, like, like sports, like, Bluetooth earbuds, where, like, you got the cord behind your neck. The calipers sort of just, like, hang out back there and bounce on his neck, uh, in his ears. And they, they lock in place, like, he's a little ratchet thing that keeps them on him, um, because they love like mother. They hold on and never fucking let go, and he loves them. Um, and I assume at many times people who've tried to vunce him have grabbed him by those and swung him around, but he is unvunceable. What does that even mean? Wait, no, he doesn't even know, probably. Oh, he absolutely knows. <laughs> it's just the definition changes depending on the vuncing. Um, and then uh, he also gets one small fancy weapon from the list, and he has scalpels, three-harm, intimate, high-tech, uh, which, of course, he simply calls the cutters. Okay. And that is his gear. 
So you have a bag full of crap. <laughs> a bag full of crap and hooks and possibly fiber optics. Uh, and a uh, some calipers. Some Keep calipers. in mind, they're also they're high tech as well. Oh, so. they are. They are like they're not just like like they're not like phrenology calipers. Like they're the sort of thing that like like you would have like seen like strapped around Eleven's neck in Stranger Things. Okay. Right. Like they're they've got wires on them and like they're not just like shitty steel. They're fucking titanium and they're shiny and still in good shape, even though yep. like, this sweating beast man Kay. wears them. And you have a bunch of scalpels. And he has a fuck ton of scalpels hidden all over his Knives! Body. So many knives! Stabbed no, 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 no. all the time. Scalpels. If he gets a knife, he'll bust the edge off it, because that's the only part he wants. Oh. Okay, then. And incidentally, parts of the shiny bag of hate can be removed and are worth eight barter. Yeah, well, it's full of crap. It's full of crap. Tom, it, Tom, it, it, every every time he reverses it to use it, there's going to be a shower of random bullshit. You, it's full of bottle caps. It, we'll, we'll talk about what your barter is in a bit uh, after this, as we try to figure out if there's an economy here, yeah, or, if, or if you're just bartering stuff away. Wes, tell me about Ares' gear. Well, so I got uh, one handy weapon, which I've chosen to be a magnum, three harm, close reload loud. Let's see here. Big old hand cannon. Oddman's worth four barter, which I kind of imagine being his trunk of spare turbochargers because these cars came with turbos so he's picked up some extra spares because anybody who's well, ever worked in a dodge turbo car it may also just be that it's spare car parts because you, you've got to scavenge stuff as well as you go along it's true that whatever engine is in your vehicle right now is not going to be the original engine no you're working with a chassis and then whatever else you put together from there exactly right so i want i want you to think about that as um Keep it, as I said, barter is not specific, but we are going to talk about the economy yes. of it. Um, so when we say barter or uh, I think clink or something like that is the uh, yeah. other term that the... Uh, jingle. Jingle. There we go. Jingle. Um, they're still not specific things. They're generalized objects that uh, on an out-of-character level, we call it barter, we call it jingle. Yes. In character, however, you're often working on a literal barter system. Or you might have a bit of an economy, but we'll figure that out. Yeah. And then lastly, um, fashion suitable to your look, which is my greaser outfit. Which yep. Is now, is this an old leather jacket? Or is this like a new made-from-some-wasteland animal and tanned-out leather jacket that you just, you're trying to emulate a look that you've seen in old pictures? My vibe is telling me that it's an old worn-out jacket, but I proper Mad Max last last the V8 interceptors kind okay. of thing right like it, I've, I've obviously been on the road a long time this was either a jacket handed to me by someone or I found it or it's been in my family for generations strategically placed patches that hide all the bullet holes from yep, previous exactly owners. patches would probably include things like uh, um, look both ways when crossing the street uh, a red dwarf patch that says Smeghead for good measure. Oh, uh, just like like a, a Boy Scouts, just be prepared. Actually, that's pretty much exactly it. The, the leather jacket, for those of you who've seen Red Dwarf, it would look like Dave Lister's yeah. leather jacket. Just, it's ratty, it smells awful, but it's the wasteland and it works. And Red Dwarf, he's the last human being alive and he was a slob. He really had no excuse. Yeah. But that's what I'm going for. Okay. And Shane, let's uh, talk about your gear. Okay, my gear, for starters, is two custom weapons. 
Okay, what are they? Uh, my first one is a handgun, which is ornate and high-powered. You have Maria? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> does your hand? Does your custom handgun have a name? Uh, it will in a minute. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay. Actually, I'm going to grab a name from the list. I'm going to call her Melody. Ooh. You gave it a girl's name. How? Because she makes beautiful music. <laughs> and what is your other custom weapon? My other custom weapon is going to be a rifle, which is silenced and scoped. Mm, hunting. I figure considering my stats, I'd go with uh, a distance fighter, basically. So kind of make him a sniper. Okay. And does it have a name? Uh... Let's see. Well, this one I'm going to name Absinthe. I just want to use that name for something. It's on the list. <laughs> Keeping in mind, you your character may, may have never even seen or know what Absinthe actually is. Nope. You just thought the name was pretty. It's like the orc that named his ship the good ship Cupcake because he thought it was a fearsome sounding human name. <laughs> He's got so many like hard C's and K's in it. Yeah. <laughs> of course, because he doesn't recognize the C. It's it's the or K. Yeah, yeah, just all the K's. Yeah. yeah. Cupcake. Cupcake. It's a very it's guttural. It sounds like an orc word. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like cupcake. <laughs> Which is the stew we make from the bones of our enemies. It's the sound the bones make when you make the stew. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, all the humans are like... <laughs> hey, man, I played in a Changeling LARP where uh, the local pirate queen was uh, Queen Buttercup. And the, someone laughed at Queen Buttercup once. Then she initiated combat, and they found out she had, like, 18 traits or something like that. Gross. Werewolf Apocalypse LARP, the, 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 the Getafenris Arun uh, Elder, earned, his earned nickname was Cuddles. Because he was prone to, like, bear-hugging people and killing them that way. Nice. So it'd be like, wow. this is your elder. Cuddle. The player died every game because of that. <laughs> so, Shane, rest well, your equipment. If he knew then what we know now, that Buttercup turned out to be a freaking Amazon, I think he'd choose his words differently. Uh, next up, uh, Oddman's Worth 4 Barter. We'll get to that later. And uh, fashion suitable to your look, including at your option, fashion worth one armor or body armor worth two armor. You detail. You don't need armor, though, because you just dodge. Precisely. So what I'm thinking for this is, since we've already gone the Fallout route, for what he's wearing, I kind of like the idea of him looking like the Mysterious Stranger. Oh, so you don't want to go with, like, nice suits and stuff. Well, I mean, there is a nice suit, but it's underneath a trench coat. Exactly, yeah. Okay. So it'd be like when he wants to turn on the charisma, he just takes off the trench coat and hat and just smolders or whatever. You're like a film noir character. Yeah, he's the shadow. Oh yeah. no, he's more like he's like um, Sam Spade or Philip Marlowe. Yeah, 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 yeah. What evil lurks in the heart of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> I really Actually, I'm pretty much becoming a Sterling Archer in Dreamland at this point. You are. <laughs> oh, God. Now you just need to drink heavily. <laughs> I guess I'm sure. Why not? You guess you're just like the old you know gypsy woman said. <laughs> you know what? I'm doing that at Comp Bravo. I'm just going to have a bottle right here. And when I'm in a conversation, I'll just randomly start tipping back the bottle. Just put the finger up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Bottles of liquor are hard to come by in the wasteland. I wish I hadn't have telegraphed that, but I am going to do it. <laughs> Great. And since you don't drink, 
uh, we'll just get a bottle. I'll drink it, and then we'll fill it with iced tea. <laughs> yeah. Everybody wins. Actually, not iced tea. You have bad luck with iced tea, if I recall. No, just with that one brand. Yeah. That one brand okay. that tastes like Lysol. <laughs> Is that called Lysol? Like, you drink... Okay, it was kind of it's kind of a weird callback, but during the Spirit of the Century campaign, Derek choked on Arizona iced tea. Oh. After he uh, no, felt, I did no, no. After he felt ass over him. tea kettle out of his broken. No, chair. I want to clarify. It wasn't iced tea. It was Arizona cherry lime soda. Okay. Ah. Uh, so the iced tea is safe then. Good. The iced tea is safe. We're gonna go with your. Uh, so now on HX. HX. HX is your history. It's. Um, what you know about each other, your experience with each other. Um, uh, let's see here. I'm going to just go with, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to ask all three questions. You guys are going to apparently know a fair bit about each other by the time we're through. It's fucking rad. So uh, we're going to start with one question each, and we'll just go around the table. Will. Which one of you have I been watching carefully in secret? Uh, here, here's a question. Are you stalking? <laughs> I have been watching carefully, comma, in secret. I chose to lower my voice. Where does it have to be? You know what? Screw it. Sure. You can stop. Aries? Yeah. Okay. So you're going to mark one. Uh, eight. Two. Yep. Keep in mind that this is not reciprocal. Oh, yeah. Hell no. Hell no. Um, so whenever you get... Uh, so all Will's going to write down is... Uh, mark down is his history with each of you. You don't write it back with him. Right. Okay. Next question. Oh, uh, let's. Uh, you know what? Just let's. You know what? Just yeah. Let's just do all of yours. Then we'll uh, we'll okay. go from there. Um, which one of you has slept in my presence, knowingly or unknowingly? Which one of you has slept? And if neither of you pick, uh, if neither of you volunteer, he gets to choose. Okay. I'll take this one. Nice. So that's right. plus one. Yep. Yeah. Is Dapper Dan or Dapper Joe? Dapper, Dapper Joe. Joe. Dapper Joe. Your HX will change over the course of the game. If it ever gets to plus four or minus three, okay. um, you will mark uh, it. If it goes to minus three, it goes back to zero. Mark experience. If it ever gets to plus four, it goes back down. Mark experience. Uh, now, because we're a small group, uh, my third question is going to basically start me off with experience and knock something down to zero. Because I have plus two right now on both of them, and my next question is worth HX plus three. That's fine. Okay, then cool. you're gonna go back to then you're gonna be at plus one with one of them. Okay, cool. Um, which one of you most evidently dislikes and distrusts me? This is a plus history. It's a plus three history. Brainers are weird, man, and uncomfortable. We know shit. We should. Aries. <laughs> He's a grump. It makes sense. Yeah. Okay. okay, so mark one experience. I believe it's if you get to five, you'll gain an advance. Yes, that is. This is the only game we will have ever played in Edmonton where players may be able to level up during the game. Yep. Wow. You've been leveling up between episodes on The Strange, but never during the game itself. Cool. All right, I guess it's my turn. Yeah. Which one of you once got me out of some serious shit? You know what? I'll take that one. Because I'm thinking the relationship you and I have is that you're my driver. That works. So how, what's... Uh, That's a times one. Okay. 
next question. Um, which one of you has been with me for days on the road? Good way to not like the Unmounsable Grunkus. And it's also a good way for the Unmounsable Grunkus to walk carefully watch you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think the Unmounsable Grunkus has been on the road with you for a while. Okay. That's a times two. Okay. And what's your third question? And last, but certainly not least, this is a, H, uh, this is a three pointer. Which one of you have I caught sometimes? Staring out at the horizon. Uh, probably the unbounceable grunt. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Wasn't that? Although, big? yeah, 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 because yeah, yeah, it doesn't have to be. The horizon could be Hamilton. Yeah, it could be, or just elsewhere. Yep. Okay. The how Marcus much lives in now? So is that going to be for Joe? Yeah. We're gonna go yeah. Give it to Joe. How much is that worth? Plus one. Plus three. So. Meta. <laughs> You're going to go back to plus one and gain mark experience. Okay. Ding. Uh, improvement. Is experience. Yeah. Okay. That so that, uh, that means that uh, Dap, uh, Dapper Joe's only at times one then? Cause, yep. Okay, cool. Yep. And then Shane. Okay, I feel like this is set up differently on mine compared to the others because I'm not seeing like any actual questions on mine. HX? Okay, yeah, I... Go around, uh, yeah. let's see here. That's weird. Go, um, everyone introduces their character by name. Look, list the other characters' names. Go around again for HX. On your turn, ask the other players which of their characters you can trust. For the player that you can trust, write uh, HX minus one. For the one that you can't trust, write HX plus three. You are indifferent to what is safe and drawn to what is not. On the other's turns, answer their questions as you like. At the end, choose one of the characters with the highest HX on your sheet. Ask that player... Which of your stats is most interesting and highlight the MC? We'll have to highlight this. Weird. Okay, so um, cool. basically it's which one of these guys do you trust and which one of these guys do you not? Well, that comes out as pretty obvious. I would trust my driver. Okay. And nobody trusts the Grunkus. <laughs> nobody trusts the Grunkus. That's what you Vunce. I don't... <laughs> See, I don't trust him, but God damn it, I have to know what the hell Vunce means. <laughs> Both as my character and as the guy who's going to have to explain it to a live studio audience. <laughs> okay. I'm so, going to be, no matter what I do on that stage now, everybody's going to be like, screw you, start the bouncing. <laughs> okay, so finally, if you flip to the front of your uh, book, pick the person that you have the highest HX with at the table. So, um, Shane, okay, so... Um, uh, Will, Shane is going to pick for you. Yep. Wes, Will is going to pick for you. Shane, Will is also going to pick for you. Okay. Thus the Bunsing begins! <laughs> um, and you are going to uh, pick Will, one of Wes's stats, and one of Shane's stats, to highlight. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be... This is going to suggest one of the aspects of the character that is most important to the table. Whenever you roll with this, pass or fail, you mark one experience. Okay. Yeah, it's so rad. So what aspect of the, each of the characters do you want to bring out? The Invincible Grunkus. Oh, dear Lord. Dapper Joe has a violent heart. A violent heart that Dapper Joe has bunced. <laughs> what the fuck it, Joe? <laughs> uh, so hard, please. Okay, Mark. Mar 
I'll mark it for you, Shay, because Shay just has his uh, face in his hands. It's a double face palm. It's still early. <laughs> What's funny is it's its worst stat. Yeah, no, that's 100%. Because failure's fun. Okay, and then pick for, for Ares. For the next month, which thank God I actually had on vacation, I'm going to be waking up every night screaming, What the fuck is Vince? <laughs> um... <laughs> Funs me, Sensei. Funs me. <laughs> That's not helping. <laughs> On that note, Ares' most vulnerable stat is clearly his heat, his passion, the fire within Ares. We want to see Ares turn people on, apparently. And then after we've gone around, I get to pick for you guys as well. So give me my hot stack. Totally give me the one that. I have a minus one with. Okay. Yeah, he's picking the stuff you're bad at because he wants to see you fail hilariously. <laughs> okay. Okay. But then I sh- also want you to advance quickly. Yeah. You but gain then experience Shane. For failure. What do you want to highlight on the invincible Grunkus's sheet? Oh God. Uh. <laughs> you know what? I even tiptoe around it. Weird. Okay. <laughs> okay, so you want to see him play up how fucking weird he is. <laughs> All right, then. As if he hasn't been doing that already. Now, as... Why don't you just scratch that out and put bunts? <laughs> <laughs> um, now, as the MC... Hmm, I'm going to highlight hard on the Grunkus' yes! sheet. I want to see him use those scalpels. Oh yeah! I want to see this. He has his intimate for a reason. Um, Wes, what did he pick? He picked hot for you. Yeah. Can't I want to pick cool. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Especially since you've established that you're Dapper Joe's driver, because somehow Dapper Joe is able to acquire a driver. We'll have to figure out why that is as we play the game. Uh, And then for Dapper Joe, I'm going to highlight weird. Okay. Um, Yeah. Because we have established that you don't really kill people as often as the world kills the people that you want to die. (laughs) Yeah. And I like that. I want to see that played up in the game itself. And I does believe... That is pretty... Oh, yes. Talking about barter. Um, you will each have on your sheet, you should have barter and... Yes. Uh, what you can actually get out of that. And I think it actually is... Yeah, it's the same on every single sheet. Um, you can spend your barter. Uh, generally, it's one or two points. To gain one-time bonuses. For some reason, the Unvincible Grunkus has stuff that's worth more than the rest of you. So let's talk about what we're bartering then. Let's uh, let's also figure out this area. We're going to run this episode a touch long, just to establish all the characters and establish <coughs> the setting. And Derek's hopped up on Red Bull. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, certainly giving my brain wings. <laughs> Now, it's far enough in the future, after the war, after the apocalypse, that places don't have the same names anymore. But we should do a little bit of establishing. 
figuring out how y'all know each other. And we're going to start in... We'll start you off in some basic barter town. In some town where... The economy is junk. The economy is old junk. Where maybe there was a bunker underneath it that they drilled under. I, I, I want to take ideas from you guys as well. Yeah. Um, okay, because we wanted this to be set in Canada since we're going to Hamilton. Yeah, but at the same time, we can remain very vague oh, yeah, on things. Really the I, only uh, constant between these two games, other than <coughs> one or two small elements, is going to be the existence of the hammer. And the hammer, I will tell you right away, exists as a sort of wasteland myth. Mm -hmm. There are many different tales about it. Some say that the hammer's an oasis. It's the last safe place on Earth. It's a place where the water is clean, where the food is plentiful, where the walls are defended. But there are also people who say that the hammer is the last bastion of the old world technology. Mm. That during their wars, during whatever brought about the apocalypse, <laughs> the hammer was where the weapons were made. They might be there still. That the hammer is a junker's paradise. The hammer would make a man rich with jingle beyond his wildest dreams or nightmares. Mm. But then there are the other people who say that that psychic maelstrom out there that comes from the hammer. Whether that's true or not, you don't know. It's going to be what you choose to believe and how you choose to act on that belief. Sweet. Okay, the reason I asked about Canada is just to, to set it, in terms of setting and what may be available, because throughout Western Canada, there are civil defense bunkers. Um, but, but here's the thing. I'm not trying to tie this to any specific <laughs> okay. geographic location. Because nice. keep in mind, when does the apocalypse happen? Oh, I know. I'm, 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 not, I'm not trying to tie it down. I'm just trying to, to enrich the fiction with, with some bits scattered about. Specificity amidst vagueness. Because um, I like the idea that there's a barter town on a, on a bunker somewhere. And, like, maybe maybe it's called, like, Civdef or, or simply Bunker Town. Bunker Town. Why don't you, well, to be fair, those civil defense bunkers were actually called Diefen Bunkers because John Diefenbaker made them. Well, that was the nickname for them. It wasn't the official title. Correct, but, I mean, we could incorporate that. That's true, we could. The town could be called Diefen Bunker. Or Diefen Town. Oh, or Diefen Town? Yeah. D-Town. 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 Yeah, I was going to say if they're... I was going to say if they're all called Diefen Bunkers, they could be called, like, Die Bunkers now. Just the... Oh, yeah. 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 Just the part of it fell apart. Yeah, D-Town. I like it. And in fact, I'm going to introduce a little bit of slang to the game. Um, so you got your junkers, you got your people going around the wasteland, but we're specifically going to call them bunkers. Yeah. It, and it, it's a dual meaning. They're going into the bunker, but they're, they are essentially like your spelunkers. Yeah. Because it also rhymes with spelunker. Mm, and the best slang rhymes. Thanks, Coffins. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, so we've got this, we've got this town, D-Town. Yeah. It's all about scrap and salvage. There, are, there is at least one bunker nearby, uh, and other buried ruins that our bunkers go into. Yep. Um, what else do we need? Um, okay, uh, apocalypse question. In this part of our wasteland, is this, like... Did this area get hit by action and is, like, scoured? Or is this more like the apocalypse in the road, where, like, everything's kind of there, it's just fucking dead? 
It's a good question. I have one thought of something I'd like to stick up in the north of you. Please do. I'm just going to call it the big smoke. Is that essentially there's a there's an area up north where the fires never stop burning. Yeah, there's just perpetual fire. Yeah. 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 It's not even the big smoke, it's the smoke. Because, like, we're close enough to it, I think. D-Town is close enough <coughs> to the smoke that, like, you can, you can light a fire here, but you can't really tell. Everywhere's so smoky <coughs> from this place. Yeah, you've like always this nasty blue gray haze. Yeah, you know what? And that's also going to create some environmental uh, consequences for you guys. When it rains, everybody gets undercover. Oh yeah, because it's like fucking sulfuric acid, and then like all the all the ground gets really slick with fucking like like petrol um, uh, petroleum product runoff. Oh fuck yeah. Like little kids with like fucking like gas masks on to protect. Well, oh, I think smoke. pretty much every they basically just like collect Vaseline on the outside of them as like the condensed petroleum in the air fucking like gets pulled out. I think that a lot of people wear uh, wear masks around here. Rebreathers are, a, or a big thing they now. live in the ruins of the bunker itself. That's true. Which still has. Some in fact, that might be where the wealthier live, as they live underground. Yeah. Where the water is probably actually where the water might even be clean. They're called more locks because their doors can be locked. <laughs> None of us have read a fucking book. I no, I no. I've just been thinking this is kind of becoming the Rogue One of the Mad Max universe. Rad. <laughs> um, so yeah, Morlocks of Underground, the rich and fancy. I uh, want to propose something because I actually know where the the the, the actual beefing bunker was in Edmonton, which is it's still there. Yeah, you can't get into it because like no, it's, it's riddled with asbestos and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, sucks. Uh, but it's near the river valley. It is, yeah, right. Which. Let's uh, let's pull on a little Canadiana here. Yeah. What about pirates of the North Saskatchewan? Oh yeah. Hey. <laughs> oh, and, and, and fur trade. Let's get a fucking fur trade going. Well, okay. So there if are we're, still if, animals. They're mutants if, and terrible. Yeah. But they make we we can make leather in D town. Yeah. That's our secondary industry, and it's the main employer. Because not everybody can be a bunker. You got to be a badass to be a bunker. Yeah, because there's shit down there. Yeah, there's shit down there that's way scarier than the fucking cancer bears. <laughs> yeah. What is it with you guys and cancer monsters? Cancer's scary. Cancer's well, scary. It, it, it is. It's true. Um, but you're right. Okay, so I'm gonna kind of put the fur trade more into your notional, like closer south area. Yeah. Yeah, we don't do it locally because if we had animals nearby that we would fur trade, we'd be fucked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but if you got the river valley nearby, it's after you've got your global warming going on. So th this river is huge at this point. Yeah. Oh, mm, mm. Okay, uh, idea. This river is tidal. It's a tidal river that's way far fucking inland. Yeah. Because, again, the oceans are fucked. Mm -hmm. And so, like, what should be downhill, like, towards the ocean, um, is not the way this... It, it flows that way, like, during low tide... But during high tide, it comes back, bringing up all sorts of weird shit. Mm -hmm. Which, again, are, like, apprentice bunkers, like, sift out and fight the, like, mer monsters, um, and then bring up to the town. Because, um, yeah, like, the, the whole drainage system is fucked. Because there's, there's, no, there's no glaciers to feed this river anymore, so where the fuck's the water come from? It comes up from the poisoned ocean. So, like, I like the idea that, like, it's kind of brackish. Like, we have water, but we can't really drink it. Okay, I'm gonna also pull over to Will and uh, Shane here, so you guys can actually really get a. Wes and Shane. Yes, Wes and Shane. <laughs> it's because we're both so handsome. I know. The the Red Bull is giving your names wings. <laughs> <laughs> I 
just made a bird thing. And, uh, you could have just done it with two middle fingers. Yeah, that too. Okay. Um, what else could be interesting in the Edmonton area? Well, I mean, the, you don't the have wherever. to. Yeah, the wherever. Keep it. Yeah. You can keep it vague. You can pull different elements from stuff. I, I, I'm having this image of my head of like the warriors and gangs mm. like that, like the oil kings being like a hockey themed gang of like raiders that hang yeah. around like ruins of like the the hockey complexes of the city. Oh yeah, the uh, the rink or the coliseum yeah. or um, uh, the Iron Shoe Palace. Okay, so you're talking about like these hockey themes. So we're talking about like guys with like armor on. They've got all got masks. They've got like bladed sticks. Yeah, yeah. All uh, hockey pads, man. Almost like uh, no, they've actually they've got sides. They've got yes. these because they don't they don't know shit about hockey itself. No. They figure it was a mock combat sport once upon a time. So now they, they, they're like, this is the actual combat. We've got, like, giant, like, fucking bladed scythe weapons. Reminded of Running Man. Here lies Sub-Zero now. Just, Just Zero. zero. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're better than that ride with it. I was channeling Batman and Robin. <laughs> Let's kick some ice. Oh, God. <laughs> Batman, do you know what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age! The Ice Age! Batman became governor. Yeah? Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah, it was amazing. Anyways. Anyway. Shane, what are you thinking? Oh, let me think here. These guys have already come up with amazing stuff. Uh... Like a fur trade killer hockey team. <laughs> Holy cow! There's lots of room. Yeah, well, it's a big, big fucked up orb. Give world. me, um, give me some cults or give me an idea for um, do people who leads this whole uh, town? Does it have one leader? Does it have a council? Hmm. Um, Is it like a magic eight ball or some shit? <laughs> Wheel of morality. Turn, turn, turn. Tell us the lesson that we should learn. We won. We won. We won. Must listen to Rusty. No, Rusty. It's time to listen to Father. <laughs> I oh, have killed man. your god. <laughs> Good old Venture Brothers. Oh, wow. Let me think here. Uh, <clears throat> I, You know what? Something that just came to mind is a popular saying that we have here in Edmonton is that there's only two seasons. Winter and construction. Oh. So there's always construction going on somewhere. So I'm wondering if that could be like integrated into like the culture that we well, have now. Well, they're always excavate. Like a there, there's there's, there's winter and there's excavation yes. because you can't excavate during the winter. Exactly. Yeah. Not just for logistic reasons, but almost because it's a cultural thing. We're forbidden from from excavating during the winter. Maybe there's a reason why. Like yeah, like, nobody knows, but there is one. Yeah. Well. Yeah, it's during the winter. The few working electronic systems in the bunker immediately set off stuff like the heat system yeah. to compensate for it uh, getting even colder outside, but they're all broken. So essentially, you walk into the bunker, and it's like going into those crystal caverns underground where it's like uh, 50 or 60 degrees Celsius inside, and it's just full of like toxic gases and off, oh, yeah. and off venting. So I like this idea, Shane. This is fucking cool. Okay. I was just going to say, like, Wendigos. 
Well, I'm like, maybe, well, maybe. no. Here's a question: Are there cannibals? Are there cannibal mutants? What are are there mutants? Oh, that's, Shane? Not, a, that's not a bad idea. Like, we call them Wendigos, but they're like they're cannibals, and maybe not necessarily mutants. Maybe they're like maybe they're like the Reavers from Firefly. Well, okay. Just don't want to pitch a thought. Um, again, feel free to like disagree with this or not. But like, what if the winter radiation from like the nuclear the snow? Brings about change in people who are outside for too much, right? Yeah. Right, and that's yes. how Wendigos are made. Oh, I like this. Like, like, there's a psychic maelstrom in the world. This part of the world gets psychic blizzards. Yes. Where, like, if you're outside, be it chemical or radiation or just raw fucking weirdness, like it gets into you, mm-hmm. and yeah, you change. Oh, that's cool. Okay, cool. I'm I was also that. thinking of doing like some high society thing in the ruins of the West Edmonton Mall, but we're we're not being that specific, so. There's a mall. There's gonna be yeah, a mall. Of course. Oh, oh, okay, keeping with the winter theme, maybe there's a mall, and whatever stopped this mall from operating, it was Christmas. And so there's like a winter palace for Santa that is still at the heart of this place. <laughs> and may- maybe there's maybe there's like a cult or something that totally digs the winter blizzards. They love that shit. And like their ruler like comes and takes that over. Right? And I also like the idea, again, pitching this, we don't need to keep it, that maybe whatever the blizzard does to you is temporary. So, like, in the spring, Mm. you thaw, and now I'm a regular citizen. Oh, yeah, I was down at that other town. I certainly didn't need a bunch of people. And then the winter comes again, and you don't need to be in the blizzard. You just change. So it's like this crazy-ass, almost like... Werewolf. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking almost like werewolf or fake court that happens in the malls. Yes, yes. Where people just like, the winter hits and they switch and they just migrate to the mall and it's this horrible decadent murder court. Yeah, and it causes oh all God. sorts of problems because maybe some of them don't know that they're That's some of your local raiders. And so in the spring, like in the spring and summer, it's a big deal to figure <clears throat> out. Like alibis matter because... If you are if you are secretly one of these things, we don't know it, and we bring you into our sweltering stank cave in the winter, and then you lose your fucking mind and try to get back to the mall, like you're gonna kill people, you're gonna wreck shit, you get all these crazy monster powers. Like, well, and like I'm, I'm still thinking like we can even have like a gang that like almost like privateers from Changing the Lost that go out and like their job is to make people. people. Yeah, but that also suggests that there's then going to be a gang of in- almost inquisitors. Yeah, yeah. Who, who have basically declared themselves vigilante justice to find these people and hunt them down. Yeah. Oh, and I love the idea, ooh, ooh, because this ties that back into the theme of bunkers, um, that, like, one of the reasons you can't dig in winter is because the, the fucking winter cult, they dig pits to keep the radioactive psychic snow cold during the summer, and that's what they, what they can abduct people and bring them to these horrible pits and force mutate them, and then they have, they hunker down, they get to stay crazy and powerful. Dear God, it's worm pits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I think we have enough here to make a fucked up dramatic game. Yeah, probably. So I think we're going to call it for this episode then. Sweet. Yeah. We have uh, the world of D-Town. And... Off to the east, in the far east, I write the words on the threat map, the hammer. East, always to the east. Look to the east. 
Well, I'm a mason, so the idea that you're going into the east is always going to be good luck in some way. Mainly because it gets you away from this weirdo shithole D-town, which is starting to sound like something out of a post-apocalyptic zombie LARP. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm okay. okay with that. Yeah, it just sounds fucking rad. <laughs> Terrible Warriors presents a competing zombie LARP to all the other zombie LARPs. <laughs> Plenty of room in that market. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> No, no, we're not going down that path. Nope. That's a bad path. <laughs> yeah. That, therein lies madness. Anyway, join us next week when we're going to start exploring D-Town uh, in the adventures of the Unvincible Grunkus, uh, John K. Ares, and Dapper Joe. The man who kills people by being in the same room with them. <laughs> but not through actually doing anything. Cool <laughs> uh, people today. Yep. And also next week, we're going to start figuring out names for important NPCs around Ooh, here. Yeah. And that going to be anti-resting. So I'm Derek the Bard for Chase the Muse. I've been your master ceremonies for this, the first episode of our Season 5 Spectacular. Uh, pop over to the Toronto crew on Tuesday to listen to their Apocalypse World game, where they are about to explore the hardhold of Sanctuary. And join us at the end of the month at Con Bravo 2017 in Hamilton, Ontario from July 28th to July 30th at the Hamilton Convention Center, 2017.conbravo.com, where we are going to be providing our fifth and final live show of this season. That's right, folks, our first live performance. I'm going to be there. Shane's going to be there. You two probably aren't going to be there. I wish I could. I, I, I think I Will is literally climbing a mountain. I will literally be hauling my fat ass over a mountain at that time. I'm prepping for the largest campaign LARP finale of uh, 2017 in, in Edmonton, so that's kind of... We're all going to be busy that weekend, yeah, yeah. Um, but you're going to be joining myself, Shane, Justin, Bree, Connell, Tom, Steve, Cassie. It's going to be amazeballs. And you can still pick up tickets, pick up a weekend pass for Con Bravo, and you know what? Tell them the Terrible Warrior sent you, because uh, that does great stuff for us. And I am joined with... Will Mitchell. Wes Gunn. Shane Fitzgerald. Y'all come back now, you hear? The Terrible Warriors have new episodes out every Tuesday and Thursday. And the Edmonton crew will return to Apocalypse World on Thursday and every Thursday of this month. Because we're doing something a little bit different. If you come back on Tuesday, we are also playing Apocalypse World, but a separate campaign for now, part two of the Sanctuary. This time, the players actually play the game. And at the end of this month, we'll be recording the final episode of both the Thursday and Tuesday storylines. Somehow, they will come together, and we will record that live at Con Bravo in the final weekend of July. The exact time of our panel has not been determined, but you get a pass for the whole weekend. We'll see you there. You find out when the panel is, you come hang out in our room with us. It's the first time we've done a live show, and it's the first time we have converged both Thursday and Tuesday crews. It's the ultimate finale to an ultimate year on the Terrible Warriors. And it's all thanks to you, and especially our Patreon supporters, who've given us the support needed to be able to do these crazy things. And you can get on board with that at patreon.com slash terriblewarriors. And you can find out more about Con Bravo at 2017.conbravo.com, where you can see all the guests that are going to be hanging out there, like Team Four Star, the Nostalgia Critic, and the Terrible Warriors. Follow us on Twitter at Dice Warriors. And today's Terrible Warriors, Derek Burrow, Will Mitchell, 
Wes Gunn, and Shane Fitzgerald. And we will return to the Apocalypse world on Tuesday with part two of the Sanctuary Campaign. And at the end of this month, we'll see you in Hamilton, Ontario for the finale to season five of The Terrible Warriors.